Hi, it's Greg and Lucky. And this is our podcast. If you don't catch us from 5 to 9, this is what you missed. You remember when your kids were really young and you'd tell them anything, they'd believe everything you said, and it was a good time. Oh, great time. Oh, they never argued back. They was because was a, was a sufficient answer. Right. That right. was great. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Because. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, and then somewhere along the way, they decided they could fight back and, uh-huh. or have an opinion. How dare they? Yeah, I know. Um, you know, I, when when my boys were quite young and always working this early shift, the goal every night was to get them in bed as quick as I possibly could. And the winter for me couldn't come quick enough because when it was dark by five o'clock, I could fake them into believing it was like eight o'clock. It was dark outside, kids. <laughs> Gotta go to bed. And they fell for it for a little while. But uh, some research was done. And they get uh, skeptical and start questioning us as young as four years old. Uh-oh. Then they really start to figure out that we're full of crap around the age of six. <laughs> we know absolutely nothing. Uh, researchers told obvious lies to a bunch of little kids and tried to convince them they were telling them the truth. So as an example, they showed them a rock and claimed it was really soft, and they leave the kid alone with the rock to see what they did. Older kids were much more likely to pick up the rock to see if the adult was lying. Four- and five-year-olds sometimes did it, too, but not as often. Some of them probably tried to eat the rock. And right. then they came <laughs> Bite into it. <laughs> now you got a dental bill. Now we got to observe that kid a little more. Uh, so be careful, they say, next time you tell a, an obvious lie to a kid who's older than that. They just might call you on it. Okay. You know. But again, you just answer them with, they say, why did you lie to me, Dad? Right. Because... because. I'm glad to hear that Leo DiCaprio is um, back up on his feet and uh, perhaps dating again. You know, he uh, he broke up with his uh, 25-year-old girlfriend. You were worried about it? I was really concerned <laughs> that we were going to have to have a GoFundMe or something for him. He was using his tears to clean his yacht. Probably. Yeah. But no, he uh, he's he's uh, he's up. He's moving. He's showered. He's out the door. He's doing things. He's seeing people. This is interesting, though. Maybe he's trying something different because he's... Uh, he's uh, in the early stages of dating uh, another woman, but uh, by his standards, she's old. She's like 27. Oh. Senior citizen in Leo's world. Uh, and, uh, oh, by the way, it's a uh, model uh, Gigi Hadid. Right. You know, like we'd be uh, shocked. <laughs> really? Leo's dating a model? Hmm, interesting. They have been seen out and about the town together. I believe she has a kid, though, I think. So this uh, isn't going to work. one of the, uh, uh, like, One Direction or one of those guys. Oh, maybe. Guys. Or was she with um, Bradley Cooper? Did she have a kid with Bradley Cooper? Or he had a kid with some model. Oh, no, I don't think so. And another shocking turn of events. Yeah. So, there you go. If you were worried, if you were concerned. Yeah, we were all worried about Leo. How <laughs> how would you bounce back? What a life. You know, he it's just another level. Uh, for a guy like him. And uh, sometimes I'll be watching, um, I've been watching a lot of these uh, Bill Maher uh, podcasts. That he's got this new club random thing where he sits around with other celebrities and, and drinks and gets high. And so they'll <laughs> share, yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> hell of a gig. It's a hell of a gig. And, but he'll, they'll share these stories of like places they've been and some things they've done just in kind of random, you know, yeah, they sent me on this private jet and I was hanging out with Chris Rock and so on. So, you know, and, and it's just all these and that's that's for like not even kind of top tier comics. You know, these are people. That, yeah, you've seen maybe their Netflix special. Yeah, they've done a couple of things. And and even them, 
like Jeff Ross made, made a great point. He goes, J- just the access this job has given me. And uh, Jeff Ross is a big name, certainly, but you know, he's, he's the roast master. Outside of that, really, what's he you know, re- ever done? But even at his level, the access to things he gets. Yeah. Imagine the things Leo DiCaprio has seen on any on any given Tuesday. Right. He does more than we do in our entire life. Well, I mean, imagine the last time he's heard the word no. <laughs> Can't spell it. <laughs> <laughs> Even as a young guy, when I was a, a, a wee fella and I'd have to go off to like some type of summer camp or cub camp, the idea of having roommates or tent mates sharing a tent with strangers... I hated it, despised it. Mm. The idea, well, I never went off to university because I never had the grades to go nor the money, but I, even if I did, the idea of having to live with roommates that I didn't know, it would have been a no, a no starter for me. I, I could not imagine the nightmare of living with strangers day in and day out. Now, I know you did it. Right. Oh, it, I, I couldn't imagine a worse experience. Yeah. Oh. Uh, I mean, I, I guess that's part of the learning experience that you go to. I didn't. I don't remember doing any kind of overnight camps mm. uh, when I was a kid like that. I was forced to go on them. Uh, yeah, but I, I mean, but you did get that experience happen, and you realize very quickly, you, you know, there's some people that you like and there's some people you don't like, and, and some people that you got to learn to tolerate and live with situations. Mm-hmm. Not everything is is rosy and set up for you. Um, I remember the first night uh, when I got to the dorm and like they basically they get everyone on the, on the same floor into like the main there's like common room right uh, and you know basically everyone in there is a welcome thing on the floor and I can look around that room and right away I spotted about six people that it looked like I had something in common with. Right. <laughs> right right and I ended up you know spending a couple of years with a few of them. Yeah, uh, I mean, I, I guess inevitably you become friends, but just the mixing and mingling of food and bathrooms and, oh, oh just sends shivers up my spine. Um, and some people were asked about their most interesting roommate stories. There's some strange ones, and these are the things that would really freak me out. One guy had a male roommate who rarely did laundry and would borrow his underwear for dates. Whoa. Now, yeah, that's would, not cool. He would tell them it's not cool. Right. The guy kept doing it anyway. Right. One person said they had to teach their female roommate how to boil water. <laughs> <laughs> she had never made anything outside of sandwiches. <laughs> One person had a roommate who would sleepwalk almost every night. And it wasn't just walking. She cleaned the fridge, put snacks away, and quote Shakespeare. Wow. Which could get really creepy. One person lived with a couple of strippers. Well... Hold on. That might not be bad. <laughs> but when the Jehovah's Witnesses showed up one time, one of them invited them in for coffee while they were totally naked. The Jehovah's Witnesses uh, booked it out of there and never came back. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I guess the one thing I always say to you at the university is at least when you go there, you're all in the same situation. Yeah. Right, like everyone's kind of away from home for the first time, and you're all you're all figuring it out together. Right, uh, there are like you know situations uh, here where you can just you know rent a room mm. in a house. Yep. Right, and you don't know what situation, and everyone's in a different life situation at that point too. It gets really crazy. Yeah, uh, I couldn't I couldn't imagine. One person has a roommate who was obsessed with CSI. She had a CSI pillow, sheets, and blankets. She refused to turn on any lights and kept all the blinds shut. She was also paranoid of having her identity stolen by them. Wow. Yeah. 
I remember when that show came out too, like enrollment in criminology mm. as a course like skyrocketed. It's like when cocktail came out and everybody wanted to be a bartender. Yeah, that's right. Um, someone's roommate would make chicken stew, which consisted of unseasoned chicken boiled in an entire bottle of red wine vinaigrette dressing and nothing else. The whole place smelled like vinegar for weeks, they said. <laughs> Just reek. Yeah. One person had a roommate who would freak out every time, anytime someone used the microwave to the point where he actually stole it from the kitchen. Someone had a roommate who was so cheap that when they moved out, they took about half of the light bulbs. Wow. And someone had a roommate who stole their bread. And when questioned about it, she suggested it might be a ghost. <laughs> she even drew it out and said she felt like some of her stuff was missing, too. Yeah, I'm sure we had that go on. I can't remember any real incidents. I remember we did do uh, all the dishes and pots and pans and put them in a garbage bag and put them on, on a bed. Because hmm. like, they kept just leaving them right. behind. Like, <laughs> they, dude, do did, your dishes. Did they get the hint? Yes, I think they got the hint. Oh, God. What a nightmare. Lucky, if yeah. uh, you had to give up one of your five senses, taste, sight, smell, touch, or hearing, which one do you think is the least important of the five? Uh, maybe smell? I agree with you. Yeah, 100%. I, I would hate to lose the uh, sense of taste because smell, sure, there's there's a lot of great things to smell, but there's also a lot of horrible things to smell. Right. Um. But when people were asked, like 2,000 people, and the least important to them is taste. Really? They want to smell more than, than taste. Okay. I mean, yeah, I, don't know. I mean, I mean what, a lot of what we remark on are bad smells. Yeah. I know a, a lot of what's around me are bad smells. Yeah, and people, like, we during, you know, the heights of COVID, when people, one of the first things they complained about was their lack of uh, losing their sense of taste. Right. Um, yeah, it would be an odd odd feeling i i i love food mm. so i can't imagine not being able to taste it mm -hmm. I know taste and smell are so closely related mm -hmm. the others i mean i was in the uh the optometrist office uh just last week and uh i've been working a lot with uh with dr brian trying to, trying to figure out exactly the right combination to get my eyes because i'm i'm really starting to Struggle. Go. Yeah. Not struggle. I mean, with my glasses, fine. But without the glasses, mm. like both eyes, I could barely see the E. I can barely see the wall that the E was on. It's to a point where I, like, I was sitting there and, and Mike was going, like, like, all right, I'm like, this is ridiculous. Wow. Yeah, because you were born with, you don't have sight the, in your left eye, I was right? born with a cataract in one of my eyes. Mm. So... A lot of people are think, well, you know, why don't you just have it removed? Mm -hmm. Because at the time, in the mid-70s, the technology to do that wasn't a laser surgery. Right. It was, you know, and doing that on a kid, I think, would have been a bit rough. Now, there are ways to improve that and fix that very easily. But because I've gone, you know, my entire life without using that eye to see, they say if they were to fix it, my brain wouldn't know what to do with it anyway. Oh, really? It would just be kind that of a lazy eye. Huh. Right? My brain is just adapted. It's, I see the way that I see, and that's it. Well, your eye would match the rest of you then. <laughs> <laughs> lazy eye hey, lazy guy. Wait a minute. <laughs> Why am I laughing at that? Uh, most said uh, that sight is their most important sense. Yeah. And, uh, certainly you can attest to that. Uh, that's followed by hearing and then touch, sense of smell, and then taste rank last. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, listen, if you're born 
The thing for you, I guess, is you're noticing it's getting worse, but you were born that way. I could only imagine. And then so for people who are born blind, it's all they've ever known. Right. Um, and so... Well, like even like watching the Ray, like that Ray Charles, yeah, wow, it was so good. Like he could see when he when he was born, yeah. But he lost it at like seven or eight. Well, right? that would be the nightmare, yeah, right. is that that it goes on oh, yeah. when you had it. For me, it's a continual nightmare. Again, you know, with the one good eye that I have, I was like, okay, well, I'm not getting laser surgery if <laughs> there's no backup, right? Right, right. <laughs> they screw up the one, yeah. I would be that one unlucky person. Well, and certainly you need it for your career. Well, well and that's all problem. I, I, I have a specific need that, like, not everyone has. There are a lot of people who want to blend their far vision, and as I get older, my close-up vision is mm. getting worse reading, right? And, uh, and so my specific need is to be able to see, like, laser-focused, uh, like, 200, 300 feet away, wherever I am from the rink. Right, right. right. And so it, it's 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 getting that blend. That's what we've been working on. I guess, yeah, because the eyeballs, you got to look down, say, at a, a, a laptop, which is close, and then look up and have the eyes readjust to see a, a, yes. a big distance and away. all in, like, a split second. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, no wonder you're already calling games like Bob Crow. <laughs> You know, I I uh, I don't see myself as a, a prude at all, but I will say that when it comes to sex, my needs are so basic. <laughs> like if sex was meat and potatoes, that's me. Uh huh. I don't need a lot of spice or flavor or different things. Okay. I don't need hump hassocks or sex swings. Right. I don't need a, uh, the gag ball. Or I don't need people dressing up and playing <laughs> roles. I just need, as I've said many times, missionary lights out. Right. Well, I mean, some are definitely more adventurous than others. Yeah. Like, you know, if you, you know, watched Fifty Shades of Grey and had a notebook, then. <laughs> You'd be one of those. Like, I'm not, I mean, I, I I don't need to have sex in public or in strange locations. I'm just happy I'm getting sex. I'm just shocked it's actually happening. Still, you know, they don't feel the need to spice things up? Nah, not really. Right. I mean, certainly, okay. Hotel sex is always fun because okay. it's a different location. That's, that's always uh, an exciting time. But yeah, no, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm good. Like, thank you very much for giving me that minute. Yeah, <laughs> I think too that I mean, you know, our exposure to it early on was, uh, or anything other than missionary lights out, mm. was basically like you know penthouse forum. Yeah, right? yeah. And whereas now scenarios are played out uh, all over the internet and movies, TV. Yeah, is it so much more accessible or talked about? Yeah, there was a, a guy on uh, Real Time with Bill Maher the other night who his whole thing, he's written a book about porn and the Internet and, and uh, young men and how truly bad it is that they just stay home now and pull at their own pud and they don't get out and meet anybody and they're not social. And you see it with the incels and all of say, that. Yeah. It's, it's really a, a, an issue um, for a lot of young men. Anyhow, uh, the reason I'm saying this, and I should ask you, any any uh, any kinks in your armor? I don't think so. No, no. But again, uh, you know, my exposure to it early would right. have been forum, right? Like, does Adrian still wear the uh, the least jersey and the sex helmet? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I still have to wear the sex helmet right. every now and then. I don't want her to take an injury. <laughs>
Get your mouth guarded. I think Bruce Willis is the gimp, and that's basically what you see. <laughs> well, the reason I bring this up is because the average person has accidentally sent six intimate messages or photos to the wrong person in their lifetime. Oh, my goodness. So this is sexting. Yes. Six accidentally. That means overall, how many have you sent? Right. I can honestly tell you, I have never taken a nude photo. I have never participated in a sex video. <laughs> I've never sent... I am fully clothed in all photos. Gotcha. And I share that with you because I was so scarred as a young man when a buddy of mine had, when we were all very drunk, had shared with about four of us a video of him and his recent oh, ex having right. sex. Yeah. When I saw his fat, hairy arse up in the air, <laughs> I said, never will I scar anybody that way again. And it gives you such an uh, um, appreciation for the art of porn. And the grooming. Well, and just the, the way they set it and do it. I mean, my buddy and his girlfriend looked like two flopping fish out of water. <laughs> <laughs> and if I had a buddy who did a similar thing, yeah. it was gross. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, so now, when 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 you hear about, like, awards being handed out at adult porn, I, of course you've got to have best actor, best actress. <laughs> some, of the best, some of the best cinematographers in the business. Yeah. It's not an easy gig. Right. So I, I could never imagine. Even, okay, what is it? Unless the only thing that I would say, okay, that kind of makes sense, is if you're in a long-distance relationship. Gotcha. You know, he or she lives in another province, another city. You can't be together all the time. Okay, sure, sending a nude would be kind of fun, of course. Thinking of you, I hope you're thinking of me. Mm -hmm. I get that. But just a random day at the office. Yeah. Going to the bathroom and taking a photo of your junk. Well, it, to me, it's it's like the uh, like the flasher. Like, what did you expect was going to happen out of that, right? Like, walking through the park yeah. with just a trench coat on yeah. in the middle of summer, yeah. you know, not a good look to begin with. No. And then flashing your junk or your bits, mm. you know, somewhat like the uh, the construction site whistle. Like, she's not going to stop yeah. and turn and go, you know what I was missing today <laughs> was that. Is Jerry Seinfeld doing that she chased him for six months? Exactly. In heels. Yeah. Uh, and... You know the the uh, the scary part is I'm sure if you ask young women mm. uh, or most women nowadays how many have received one of these oh, yeah. texts, yeah, um, you know, un unrequested, mm -hmm. there's probably a likelihood that uh, the majority have have had one. Yeah, and you think, wow, it's crazy. It really is crazy. Six accidentally. Now, have I sent people uh, the wrong text? Oh, yeah, I've done that numerous times, and I've been very embarrassed by it. Because the lovely Marie and I have had it for a, ha uh, for a long time, a habit of texting each other in the morning. When she's at work, I'll say, hey, sweetie, how you doing? Have a great day. See you at home. Because we don't see each other in the morning. And I remember once uh, being very uh, gushy with her. Okay. I, I must have been feeling quite warm one morning. And it went to Dean Blundell. <laughs> Oh, lucky. I just sat and waited for the response. And it came quickly oh, of course. and severely. I bet. Oh, man. In a different world, like now for you, 
in your in your prime, your heyday before sure. marriage. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, you know, texting wasn't even a thing. No. At that point. No. For me, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't be sending a text because it would have been four four three three nine 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 just to say hey. We didn't have keyboards right. like that on phones yeah. at that point. Yeah. Now it's so much easier. And then you've got emojis to replace that stuff now. Send an eggplant, a peach, and you're off on your way. Yeah. Well, and your boys, I mean, it's going to be their, it is their world. It'll always be their world. Well, and that's, like, we've had to have the talk already right. about that. And that, you know, while they've created apps like Snapchat that are supposed to delete that or, or not allow that to be copied, you know, basically for that type of crap. Mm-hmm. Um you know, you never know what someone's going to do with that thing. If they can screenshot it, if they get sure. a picture of someone else's phone, who knows, right? And who's going to see it? You've got to be careful when you put yourself out there because your reputation is what it is and it can be easily broken. You know, you want to say to the boys, uh, the phone belongs in your pocket, not in your pants. Right. Rock Mornings with, with Craig, Craig Venn and Lucky. Lucky. 94.9 The Rock.